0: What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports, Dallas Primetime. Every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central, we are here to talk some Cowboys football. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez. Once again, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Central. And, you know, for more Cowboys content and Mavericks content, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. The show is always brought to you by our friends, over at freemanmazda.net and we will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show because OTAs are starting this week and you got to be excited about that it's some sort of Cowboys football it might not be the ultimate version of Cowboys football that we want to see we have to wait for that until September but in the meantime we will finally get some nuggets here and there on how some Cowboys players are doing, how they're lining up, how the rotations look like. And tonight we'll take a look at three specific storylines that we will have an eye out for during this year's OTAs. There will be 10 sessions of those. Remember that the Cowboys were penalized last year, so they had one less than usual for some violations of the rules for last year's OTAs. Maybe not that big of a deal on OTAs. Remember, You don't have live contact. You have certain nine on nine drills, seven on seven, 11 on 11, but you cannot have any sort of live contact. So there's only so much you can learn. And that's why tonight we will stick to maybe rotations, some positions that you want to find out how they're using certain players. That's what we'll talk about tonight. Let me say hello to some of you guys. Uh, Kenneth Fraser. Says 9 p.m. Central. Here it's 9.09. Wait. It's 8 p.m. Central. I'm, uh, isn't it though? It's 8 p.m. Central, no? Uh, in Syracuse, New York. Oh, says Kenneth Fraser. Oh, because that's Eastern time. All right, all right. Yes, sir. In Syracuse, New York. Yes. Sporting Production says, Mauricio, hope you're doing well. It was great to see you today. Thank you to Sporting Productions. Robert as well. Miss Ch- Charlene, Gregory. Joe saying, do you think we should go after Robert Quinn? I don't, I'm not sure. What is up, Ian? Ian is in the chat. Let me shout out my man, Ian, because you guys have heard me talk about him before. Ian is doing a great job covering the Cowboys for ADC Sports, the Mavericks, excuse me, for ADC Sports Dallas. I, I, I know that Mavericks fans are a little bit bummed out after an O and Tree start, but check out Ian's articles on the website and also check out his podcast on the same channel that you can catch the primetime show after it goes live and Skywalker Steel's morning show after it goes live on mornings. And check him out on Twitter as well. He's got you covered with Mavericks content. And he is a great writer and he's doing some great stuff. Uh, so make sure you follow my man, Ian. But hey, hey, Hopefully he gets more games to write about though. Ian, I'm rooting for the Mavericks and I I hope you get more games to write about uh, over this week. But anyways, one of the main things that we are looking forward to on OTAs has got to be the rotation at Edge Rusher. On one side, we know it's Marcus Lawrence. We know Michael Parsons will get involved but how about that rotation behind Durant's Armstrong? Or is it really even behind Durant's Armstrong? He had a pretty good season last year, played a lot of snaps. We saw him be a little bit versatile for Dan Quinn as well. He didn't only line up as the edge rusher, he saw some playing time inside, and he did a lot of stuff for the Cowboys. He earned a spot on the 2022 football team, not only on the roster but also he has earned a shot at being the starter even after spending a second round draft pick on a player like Sam Williams, even after going to free agency to get a player like Dante Fowler. So I got to ask you, I got to ask you, who should should lead the Armstrong Fowler-Williams rotation at edge rusher? And that's one of the storylines that I will be following closely on this week's OTAs because we might get an idea of how things will play out. Who should lead Armstrong, Fowler, Williams rotation at edge? Let me know your thoughts on that. Before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week, ladies and gentlemen, is the Mazda CX-5 2022 new Mazda CX-5 2022, but it's the select package. Hear me out. It starts at $29,125. It comes with an all-wheel drive feature, adaptive cruise control, the amazing, and a feature that truly I love, Wi-Fi hotspot on the car, Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, and lane keeping assist. All of this On the Mazda CX-5 select package for a reasonable price, you can check it out over at freemanmazda.net, a family-owned business for over 65 years. So you get A-plus customer service plus a wide range of Mazda vehicles. Once again, that is freemanmazda.net. So let's see some of your answers here. And right away, you can see the difference of opinion among Cowboys Nation. Because Joey Vella goes with Armstrong for sure Mao While while uh, Samuel Rowe says DA is edge four. Toxic Tom says not a fan of Durant's Armstrong. AL says Durant's Armstrong is a definite starter slash rotational. Robert Chook goes with Williams. A lot of love for Dante Fowler as well. So as you can see, it's not an easy question. To Answer. And even though you would assume that on OTAs, you will see plenty of reps for Sam Williams as the Cowboys try to develop him as much as they can before the season gets started. We might get some insight based on how much they're playing. How much reps is Sam Williams getting with the first team or Durance Armstrong with the same with the first team? Is Dante Fowler ahead of Armstrong or the other way around? There are a lot of question marks on that front. And that's certainly one of the big storylines that I'm following. In my opinion, it might as well be Armstrong. Uh, I think that we could head into week one. And Armstrong could be leading the pack at edge rusher on that rotation side. Now, of course... Maybe the Cowboys want to spread the talent around. And even though we're super high on Marcus Lawrence, maybe they still want to give him some some rest between drives. And you can see Fowler and, and Armstrong being involved on different sides of the defensive line. That's also a possibility. Let's see how things play out early in OTAs. Now, this is not to say, and of course, I wouldn't say something like this, that it will be defined on on OTAs, because that will not be the case. Rotations and depth chart stuff, who starts over who, is actually defined in training camp late in July and August. But we might get an idea at where the team stands, what the start point is for a lot of these positions in OTAs when they kick off this week. Toxic Tom says Ryan Null can rush the passer. <laughs> Ryan Doyle says Armstrong gets a lot of negative hate. That's unwarranted. I kind of I, I tend to agree with Ryan, and I will I will confess that I was not super high on Armstrong, and I even talked about him being a potential surprise cut for the Cowboys during the preseason. That wasn't the case, obviously. Not only did he make the roster but he 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 actually had a very important role on the Cowboys defense last year. So don't rule him out. Listen, Armstrong, Williams, and Fowler will have a fun battle to see how the position shakes out. Fortunately for the Cowboys, we are hoping that at least two of these guys will hit. Williams, we don't know how long it will take to develop him. We know that he's got some advanced stuff. Uh, Brian Baldinger hyped him up after the NFL draft, called him, you know, the best because he said no one is better than Sam Williams. We've talked about the role that he will play in the Cowboys defense and how it could look different from what he did when he was with the Ole Miss Rebels because maybe the Rebels used him a little bit more inside. And I've talked about this Connor Lipsay clip from Blogging the Boys when he actually asks Sam Williams about this. And he tells him, I would have assumed that you would be more comfortable playing on a wider alignment than what we saw from him in college. And you can see Sam Williams' face light up when Connor from Logging the Boys brings that up to him, and he agrees. So we probably have not seen what Armstrong looks like on the role that he will play for the Cowboys' defense. So that's number one on my storylines to follow list during OTAs, Chalk says it won't be Armstrong, it's going to be Fowler or Williams that overtakes Armstrong for starting defensive end. Samuel Rowe says someone will get injured now. Hey, Samuel, I hope that you're wrong, first and foremost, but also Samuel kind of has a point here. A lot of these debates that we undertake during the offseason are at least partially answered by injuries. Right now, we're assuming that everyone will be healthy and all of that, but that rarely is the case in the NFL, even early in the offseason. Now, I get I get that, you know, maybe you're not as high on Dranz Armstrong. I, I don't think no one is, to be honest. I don't think no one will tell you I love Armstrong as a three-down starter for the Cowboys. I don't think anyone feels that way. But if you got a project on Sam Williams and you got Dante Fowler, who at the end of the day it's not like this super big-name veteran who will join the team, it's a little bit more open than many in Cowboys Nation would assume, I believe. I believe that the conversation is definitely way more open. Uh, Shane Carter says, if you want to be technical, Tank and Mike and Shane, of course, also, a writer for adcsports.com, he says Tank and Micah Parsons are the starting edges, but they had to have someone else on the field. LOL, and that—that that is, you know, that is kind of true because you've got uh, you've got Micah as one of your top rushers on the team, but also, you know, Micah primarily rushed from the versus the right tackle, right? So who's going to start versus the, the the live tackle? And Micah, of course, saw playing time on both sides of of the ball. Sometimes he rushed from the A gap above the center, but mostly it was from the from the other side. Right. The truth says don't mind Armstrong as a rotation player, just not as a starter. Um, let's see here. You need a rotation. That is true. Who will lead the rotation? That's what I want to find out. Timothy Harrison with some random offensive advice for the Cowboys. He says run the football over at Facebook. By the way, do me a favor. And if you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, hit the like button. Share the stream. Every like allows us to put this show in front of more Cowboys fans as we continue to grow the ADC Sports Dallas Community. So if you haven't yet, hit the like button, share the stream, and let's get this Cowboys Nation uh, community growing little by little. Another storyline that I want to follow closely during this OTA's uh, segment or phase of the Cowboys offseason is the rotation at left guard. We know that the Cowboys, their ideal plan is to have... Tyler Smith start at left guard for 2022 and then in the future, turn him into the Cowboys starting left tackle, replacing Tyron Smith with Tyler, uh, Tyron Smith with Tyler Smith. That's like the long term plan for the Cowboys. So far, though, we're talking about a guard version of Tyler Smith. That's what the Cowboys want him to do, a position that he has not played since he was in high school. In the meantime, while well, he figures out the tech, the fundamentals of the position, maybe mask some of those issues by having him inside. There's not a lot of depth at left guard, though. And I want to find out where the Cowboys stand on that front. Because you have Connor McGovern, who struggled when he was named the starter over. Connor Williams in 2021, when the Cowboys were done with the penalties by Williams, they said, you know what, let's give McGovern a shot. Didn't work out as they hoped, and a few weeks weeks later, Williams was back as your starting left guard. Other than that, you look at the Cowboys roster, and it's a little bit depleted of talent. You have Matt Farnak, and you know I would put an asterisk there because Farnak is moving to center and competing with Tyler Vyadish, according to the team. Some am upset that maybe an undrafted free agent can transition into guard. Like, for example, someone has said to me, uh, watch out for Alec Lindstrom. Maybe he could play guard, which is something that I disagree with because Lindstrom doesn't have the arm length. I don't know if he has the height, the weight, To be successful as a guard, he has arms under 33 inches. So I don't think that Lindstrom is really a candidate to transition into a guard, but maybe some undrafted offensive lineman could make the move. And then of course, you guys know that I'm always rooting for my guy, Isaac Alarcon, the great Isaac, according to Dak Prescott. And honestly, you can check out a Cowboys roster on their website, there's not a lot of other guys to talk about. And I know that a lot of people have been talking about Connor McGovern's job security. My question from me to you guys is from one to ten, how safe is Connor McGovern's spot in the 53-man roster? Because a lot of people have been wondering about that. And although I get the concerns. I think that he's only competing honestly versus uh, Tyler Smith himself, obviously, for the starting yup, at least early in the season. If Tyler is not ready, if the hands are not going where the Cowboys want them to go, or even Matt Farniak, who might be competing for the center spot, but he still has the guard experience when he was playing in college. The Cowboys might feel comfortable just leaving him there. From one to 10, how safe is Connor McGovern's job in the 53-man roster? Some of your answers here. Six for the truth, MDP. Three for Gregory. It's okay, says so Stephen White. Chevy is not safe. Bruce with a low score, four. Uh, a five here. A six by Robert. Kenneth goes with the six. I will go more towards the higher side of things, and I will go with a solid... 8. Stephen White went with a 7. Toxic Tom went with an 8. Nicholas basically calling him a roster lock with a 10. I will go with Connor McGovern 8 because I don't think that Farnick is that big of a threat for him, specifically as a guard. And I think that the Cowboys need some insurance in case Tyler Smith is not ready to go because we've talked about this before, the Cowboys know it's a project, the Cowboys know they need to clean up his technique and his fundamentals, what if he's not ready for week one, and you gotta face Vito on week one, and then after that, you gotta face Hill and Ritter from the Bengals, and then Lawrence and Williams with the Giants. And then De'Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen. And then Aaron Donald. And just to you know, keep piling up some names here. Fletcher Cox and, and Jordan Davis. That's the opening slate for the Cowboys in terms of defensive tackles. We actually had a show about that not that long ago. You got to have some insurance there in case you feel like Tyler Smith is not ready to go. Week one. Some of your comments here. 10 being the highest, says Gregory. A7. Not safe at all, says Doro. McGovern against Vea, please. He is the only player on the roster who has started at left guard, says Toxic Tom. He is safe because of his experience. At least you know there is a certain level of play for McGovern on the inside. And Chuck says Connor will be the fullback, which, you know, uh, of course, that's a joke. But but also, (laughs) he actually kind of was the fullback for the Cowboys. So that, if anything, that adds to his job security, because we know that the Cowboys liked using him like they did in 2021. Will they go back to that? I'm not sure if I want to call it a gimmick or not in 2022. I don't know but something to consider as much as it sounds like a joke. At least it's something to consider. One more thing that I want to look at on these OTAs is how are the Cowboys using undrafted free agent Marquise Bell? And you guys know this by now, but Dan Quinn, uh, you likely know this by now, Dan Queen actually alluded to a potential position change for Marquise Bell, the undrafted free agent. Of course, he's listed as a safety, played a lot as a safety when he was in college. But Dan Quinn asked himself while talking to the press, what would he look at like, what would he look like, excuse me, at linebacker? What would he look like down in the box? And Dan Quinn is no stranger to a safety linebacker hybrid. We have seen it all of 2021 with Jaron Kears as a hybrid between the two positions for the Cowboys. So can Bell some way, somehow make the roster as an undrafted free agent thanks to that versatility and thanks to the lack of depth at linebacker for the Cowboys? And if so... What's his preparation gonna look like? And in this week of OTAs, we might get to get some uh, we might get some insight on that. We might find out how the Cowboys are lining up Marquis Belt on their practices, how much playing time is he getting? Because we know about a guaranteed salary. He he got uh, a lot of money by the Cowboys to be an undrafted free agent. So a lot of people are rooting for him to become a part of the 53 man roster. You guys know where I stand on this. It's not that easy for Marquise Bell because you got a lot of talent at safety in uh, Hooker, Wilson, Kears, and even Israel Mukwamu, who was a sixth-round draft pick for the Cowboys and a part of the roster for most of 2021. So Bell has an uphill battle, but it might get easier if he's fighting the linebackers instead of the, of the safeties. Legends of 88 says, Bell reminds me of Kears. And hey, apparently, he reminds Dan Quinn of Jaron Kears based on what he had to say about him. McGovern says, Jeffrey played good against the box playing right guard. Shane Carter says, given his coverage skills and Bell, he could probably be a strong side linebacker slash box defender. Tommy says, give Isaac some cake and put him on the 53. man, I will just warn you. Uh, Toxic Tom says Mo is going to storm the star if Big Isaac is cut. I don't know if I will storm the star if he is cut. I don't know if I will. But I will tell you and I will warn you. If my man Isaac Alarcon makes a roster, I don't know what the levels of hype that we will reach on primetime will look like. Because I will be excited as heck if he makes it into the 53-man roster if he doesn't make it to it i don't know i might i might get bumped out i don't know if i will storm the star (laughs) but man that would be amazing if if you know a mexican player born in mexico makes it to a 53-man roster We've gotten some offensive linemen, defensive linemen in training camps and things of the sort. But hey, a Mexican on an NFL 53-man roster as an offensive lineman, that will be huge. Uh, And not only born in Mexico, but also made in Mexico because there have been a lot of successful kickers born in Mexico playing in the NFL. But a lot of them, you know, emigrated to the United States at a very young age, played high school there, played college there. Isaac, however, you know, he played college in Mexico. He played at the highest level of college football, which, in my opinion, and this is a secret between you and me, Mexico's college football Might just, I don't know if this is true, this is just a theory of mine, might just be the highest level of football that there is in the country, even higher than the two professional football leagues that we have here. I don't know, that's just a theory of mine, but yeah, give me Isaac, give me Isaac on the 53-man roster. (laughs) Toxic Tom is saying, saying, uh, Mo, we're going to make some calls, I hear you paint houses. (laughs) Toxic Tom, come on. Uh, Isaac has a shot this year for sure. says, Robert, you know, I really think so as well. It's an uphill battle, but look at that, you know, look at that competition there. Isaac can actually make it. Plus, he gives you some sort of flex since he played tackle in college. I don't know if he would be successful as a tackle in the NFL, but maybe that's like, a potential tiebreaker down the line. The fact that he has some tackle flex for the Cowboys. But anyways, before we get out of here, guys, one question if anyone wants to shoot. What are you most looking forward to in the Cowboys OTAs? Maybe something that I missed. Maybe something that we already mentioned and you say, "I, I agree with Mo. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. What are you most looking forward to in the Cowboys OTAs? And Legends of 88 brings up a discussion that I you know, wrote down on my notebook, but ruled out of the three big storylines that I wanted to talk about. Swing tackle, because Legends of 88 says, how flexible is Wileczko at a position? Can he play guard? Honestly, I, I do not have a, a, an insightful answer to that question, but it does remind me of the swing tackle battle, Josh Ball versus Waletsko. Is it a true swing tackle battle or if someone going to man the left side while the other one mans the right side and that's how the Cowboys split the responsibilities? It could be, Chain Carter says, the versatility of Jalen Tolbert. We had a show about Tolbert last night. uh, So I like that answer by Chain. How much does does he line up on the inside? How much does he line up on the outside? Ryan Null says, "Toxic Tom." John Stanley says, "A man is a man if he's good and ready. Let him roll. They pick, they picked him last year, so maybe with a says John. Uh got lost at that final part of the comment there. But yeah, hey, if you're good, you gotta you gotta you gotta have a shot." Robert Chooks says, "Tolbert lighting it up." Jeffrey Miller says, how many linemen do you keep? Josh Ball has to step up, says John. How Ridgeway is doing, and how Rush looks like at backup quarterback, says Gregory. That's say another good one because the Cowboys have the, the Cowboys also have, you know. Ah, they also have Will Greer on on the roster. And I don't it might be a long shot, but can Will Greer Push Cooper Rush into a quarterback battle. That could. That's a good question for sure. That's a good question for sure. Uh, people are asking about Jose Cortez, whether or not he was born in Mexico. I wanted to double check. He is actually from El Salvador. He's actually from El Salvador, so he is not uh, Mexican. I don't know if if by family maybe he potentially is uh mexican i don't know but i do know that he was uh from el salvador in in fact not mexico let's see some more uh mo you should take calls as tommy nine one five uh that's guys think that's guys think uh I, I wouldn't interfere with that i've thought about i've thought about uh adding some phone calls for my show in spanish that could be That could be uh, interesting as well. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. We are live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. I will leave you tonight. It was a fun show, not going to lie. I'm excited for OTAs. Thank you for tuning in. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. Share the stream. And if you're new to the show, subscribe on the Facebook page, on the YouTube channel, share the show. I will catch you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central. Right now, I got to leave because I got to root for a bottom of the ninth comeback by my New York Yankees versus Toxic Toms, uh, Baltimore Orioles. We'll see if it happens. Not looking, not looking well not looking okay so far. Anyways, as always, Prime Time brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. Check out the ride of the week and much more over at their website, freemanmazda.net. Thank you, everyone. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. See ya. Thank you, everyone. I will see you tomorrow night, 80 p.m. Central. See ya.